It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Good afternoon, everyone, or good evening, or whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you for being with me today. What I thought, I, I'm writing you know, some new articles, and I thought, you know, one of the things that people always will ask me is people must ask you, like, some really pointed questions or some hilarious questions or poignant questions, and yes, indeed, they do. And so I'm going to cover some of what I think are very enlightening occasionally hilarious, occasionally very heartfelt questions that I have had from people when they find out what I do if I'm sitting beside them in a plane, as an example. Because (laughs) at that point, because normally what will happen if I'm on a plane, depending on my mood, I will sometimes say what I do and then sometimes I won't say what I do. And the reason often I don't say what I do is I'm sitting beside this person now for however many hours, and I may want to have a little privacy because once they know what I do, it's like no holds barred. It's kind of like they're like, you've got to just, you know, you've got to share this with me. And it literally happened to me, you know, three weeks ago, coming back from a uh, going to uh, a meeting in Minneapolis, and the woman I'm seated beside she, uh, we're going from LAX to Dallas. So that's, you know, two and a half hours. And then as she's standing up to leave, that's when I said, she said, you know, I should have asked you these questions. So, and she, she said, I thought about it. And then I went, no, no, I'm not going to. But she said, I do want to know about what lubricant to you. She said, my husband and I now, she said, it's like we're roommates, and she said, literally, like, like he's my, you know, best friend, and she said, it does not have to be like that, and I said, no, and I, so I asked her, I said, what are you using, and she said, well, I don't want to use anything that is hormonally based. I said, okay, I, I, I got that, and normally the reason women will say that is because they worry if there are any estrogen-associated breast cancers in their family, they don't want to use anything that's going to have estrogen. Well, bottom line is, you know, estrogen throughout your entire body. <clears throat> so 
you know, the, that's one thing that, you know, they... And the other thing people have to be aware of, when they did that study that I believe it was called the nurses, nurses, uh, and it was a longitudinal study, so it was over years and years, the women that they enrolled that for testing... And this was when they, in the early 90s, when they went like this, oh, my God, hormone replacement therapy, we can't be doing that. And all of these women were taken off their HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Well, in all actuality, that was such a massively flawed study because what had happened is the women who were enrolled in this study to be treated with with hormones were postmenopausal, and we know that it's when women are perimenopausal, going into menopause, before the cessation of menses, that this is when hormone therapy is its most protective in a cardiac way and from a body physiology way. So these women were either had had hysterectomies or they were postmenopausal. And what they also didn't do, this is just asinine, they did not take into consideration pre-existing conditions that these women had. So they didn't look at whether or not they may have had, you know, an illness or a cardiac issue or they may have had cancer before. They didn't. Then what they did is they attributed that the use of the hormone uh, replacement therapy is the thing that contributed to their cardiac issues and to breast cancer issues. And, I mean, the, the basis of that is it made so many women uncomfortable and it also contributed to a lot of women being really miserable while they were dealing with perimenopause, hot flashes, all of the things that occur from not being able to sleep to uh, your skin changing, your body changing, sexually things change. And that's what this woman was wanting to ask about. And I said, okay, I do have a product that I would recommend, and I would recommend this to any of you who are listening as well. It is a uh, line called Inner Intimates. That's the name of it. The woman who created it, her name is Olga Cohen, and the product is uh, uh, Vaginal Rejuvenation, it's BRC, I believe it is. But what the product is, is it is an all-natural, plant-based product that she created because she had a very strong background in the area of uh, cosmetics, uh, cosmetics being developed and cosmetic sales. And she, her brother was a physician, and she had just gotten married, second time, at 40, and slammed into an early menopause. And she was like, oh, no, I'm, this is not going to happen. And she said every time, she said, and I didn't want to use those disgusting, goopy lubricants. He said, she said, you know, so in the middle of doing everything, you've got to stop, you've got to get this cold stuff, put it on you, you know, and then try and get back into your head and then get back into your body. And she said... I wanted to not have the the issue of vaginal dryness and the stenosis. The vaginal stenosis is a, is a real thing. So I was telling this woman, and I have some product being sent for her, and a vaginal renewal complex, that's what it's called. And it is uh, just a little small, it's, it's syringe delivered, not with a needle, but, you know, you put it in the same way you would a tampon and then squeeze a little plunger. It doesn't go all the way to the back where the cervix is. It stays more at the front. Because the thing that happens for women is that the tissue in the vaginal vault thins. 
in the same way that estrogen that plumps up your skin on your face and the rest of your body, it thins. And then what happens is there isn't as much tissue between during entry, during, during coitus and, inter, and intercourse, and there's also, so the nerves, that's why for many women, it literally feels like they're being ripped, which they are, because vaginal stenosis, if a woman has not been sexually active for a period of time, is very painful. So what Olga created with this uh, vaginal renewal complex is a product that can be used that's non-hormonal, and on your own time, and literally the woman who was her OBGYN came, you know, she had been to see her, and it was painful to put the speculum in. And uh, then Olga saw her, you know, a couple of months later or whenever it was, and this, the doc, her OBGYN said, what have you been doing? She said, it is like your vagina is completely rejuvenated. And she said, well, this is what I've been doing. And she and her brother helped to create the formulation of it, and that is how her product, the VRC, was created. It's sold um, on Amazon and at drugstore.com. Terrific product. So that's one of the things I said to this woman is that, you know, you let's be honest. If it isn't enjoyable and if it's painful to have sex, it's no fun, Right? And, you know, for the, you know, for the partner as well. And I had this conversation with, you know, the, one of my best friends, and her comment was, you know, I worry that, you know, that it's going to, you know, I'll just end up, you know, the, the stenosis of it will make it be, you know, very painful if I'm, you know, trying to have intercourse again. And, yeah, if, if you haven't been having something that keeps that tissue supple, you need to do something that will do so. And no amount of lubricant will cushion the same way that having healthy tissue will. So if a woman chooses to do hormonal therapy or chooses to use um, a smaller, you know, uh, toy, she can't really change the size of your partner's penis, that's for sure. Although some of them might like to do that <laughs> just for themselves. But when she asked that, I was like, you know, there really aren't many people who will go out there and tell you what is available. Also, for many people, the accuracy of the information that they're getting online is it's really appalling. And when I look at you know the, the lubricants, you know, I have this thing that I've written called to lube or not to lube. And really, it boils down to what type of quality of lubricant you're going to use. Now, for some women, organic uh, coconut oil is fabulous. Very, it's very gentle for the tissue. You know, it melts with body heat. Uh, you know, it's a natural product. Uh, smells nice. So, I mean, there are things that, as I said to her, there are things that are options. Yet, so what I wanted to do is get this product to her. So she can try it because she said, and she's a very attractive woman. She said, I, she said, I haven't, you know, really, I'm looking after my mother and I'm looking after my husband and I haven't really focused on me. And that's another thing, another message that I give to people all the time is like, look, if you aren't taking care of you, no one else is going to do it. You have to make you number one, period. So 
as I said, I'm going to be talking to you about hilarious things that people have said to me on planes or asked me in seminars. And uh, one that I'm going to come back with is a woman who I literally had just walked in the door of this seminar. And I hadn't even, you know, I had just gotten in there and all of a sudden she comes barreling towards me and asking these questions. Now we're coming up to our first break here and as soon as we come back I will share with you the question that this woman came barreling towards me to ask and how hilarious that entire seminar ended up turning out. Here come the tunes. I'll be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Welcome to TogiNet, radio with a cutting edge. This is the TogiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Think engaging in small talk with prospective clients before business negotiations is a good idea? A new study from Nova Consulting Group suggests that it all depends on whether you are male or female. The study found that a little chatter by female professionals before a meeting will generally produce a positive image, but not always positive results. However, male professionals who begin negotiations with a little small talk usually glean favorable returns. This is because there is a preconception that women are already expected to be more communicative than men. And when a man makes small talk, he is perceived as friendlier and likable. But beware that babblery or gossip will only get you into trouble. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So, as uh, uh, this show is going to be about telling questions, hilarious questions that people have asked me in seminars and, and when I'm traveling. So this woman, I walk in the door of this seminar. I literally have just gotten in the door, and she comes running towards me, and she goes, she goes, oh, my God. She said, you're the person who can give me the answer to this. And I'm like, well, I hope so. And she said, she said, I need to know. I think there's something wrong with my labia. Will you look at them? And I'm like, uh, excuse me? So literally, right there in front of God, the world, and everybody, she drops trowel and, you know, proceeds to show me her labia. And what it was is that her inner labia were longer than her outer labia. Now, that happens in over 50% of women have the inner labia extend past the outer lips. But she said that, you know, hers were 
quite a bit larger, but really the important thing I asked her is I said, is this causing you discomfort? And she said, well, not really, but she said sometimes during sex, she said, it, you know, one will get pulled inside, and she said, it feels, it, it hurts. And I said, well, I, I, I can understand that, because also the whole labial area is more engorged with blood, so they'd be, you know, even thicker. But I said, there is, you know, a form of, you know, uh, vulvar, vulva, vulvar, labioplasty that can be done, that can shorten them. But also, if you get a lot of pleasure from play with them, because some women do, particularly during oral sex, I said, I wouldn't want to cut off the nerves if that was something that you enjoyed. Now, this same woman, um, she was really quite hilarious, as you might imagine. She then at one point went to go um, walking towards something, and she literally went face first right into a patio door, glass patio door. I swear I thought she was going to knock herself out, or did. She sort of bounced back. Then the other woman who was holding the seminar, her husband was out of town, but while the husband was out of town and she was entertaining her girlfriends for a seminar, it was also under the guise of being able to have her lover come over while the husband was out of town. And I'm like, you know, eventually these things do come out, and eventually it did come out that this is what, you know, was going on. And I told her, she said, do you think badly of me? And I said, no, I don't think badly of you. I said, I think you just have to realize what your risk factors are. And and I would say that same thing to anybody. It's if you are doing something, please be aware that this is the day and age where everybody knows what everybody's doing. And that was 10 years ago, at least. So this woman, uh, you know, with the, in the larger labia, it was something that she was like, thank you. She said, no one would tell me this. And it's the same thing that when people go to physicians, physicians are trained to deal with different parts of your body and compartmentalize you. They do not get training typically in the area of sexual pleasure and sexuality. So they're not comfortable talking about it. And even going, I mean, and I have to admit, it makes me crazy right now that, you know, the designer labia, where women are going in and having, you know, their lips reduced and the inner lips reduced, and even teenage girls now are wanting to have this done. And it's all because of images that are presented online. The, the cam girls, whatever they're seeing, and they're seeing, you know, and for a lot of them, they've already had that surgery done. It's been sized down, everything. So it doesn't really look like it would naturally anyway. So these girls are being told even before or, you know, as they're starting to be sexual and in their bodies that that part of their body isn't okay. Something's a bit off on that one. I just I think it's time that we sort of, you know, had a, a discussion with teenage girls. I mean, we're trying to do more so, but there is no reason that the women are being told this part of your body isn't okay and this part isn't. And yet when we look at everything that's online, it's all about change this, do this, and, hey, it's not like men don't get subjected to the same thing. They absolutely do. Um, So here is another woman. 
I'm on a plane. I'm coming back from, I believe it was uh, London. It was, Lon- it, was, it was a London flight. It was out of Heathrow. So long flight to LAX. And they moved. They kept moving me from seat to seat. And finally, I'm sitting beside this uh, woman, and we start talking. She's coming over to do production work. And she was making the comment about her sons and, you know, talking with them. And I said, have, have you spoken with them about, you know, their, their bodies and sexuality? Or has your husband? And she said, well, neither one of us really. Um, and about what I told her is I said, look, there's age-appropriate things to talk about. This is not about giving a kid a book or, you know, giving them something to look at and then it's just a sort of a, uh, an information dump. You want to give them something that then is relevant for them in their lives. I mean, it can be something as simple as, you know, where do babies come from? And it's like, well, they come from when, you know, the parents have sex and that is intercourse and then this joining together of sperm and an egg and the baby then grows inside the mother's womb or uterus. And it's, you know, it's what they call the miracle of life. Now, everyone is sort of goes like this, ew, they, they don't want to have to imagine that the parents are doing this. or, But for most kids, a simple, straightforward answer is like, they'll go, oh, okay. And then off they go. It doesn't have to be. The more comfortable the parents are, the more comfortable the person is who's telling them, the easier it is for the information to go in. And I have a friend, a colleague by the name of Dr. Um, uh, why am I drawing Mark, um, oh, I say, I'll think of it in two seconds. He has a website called um, Sex Smart Films, and his work is terrific. He's been a sex educator and a children's sex educator, you know, for 30 years, and has a whole range of sex ed ads, commercials, and things that you can go on and look. He has a, a free section to it, and but he has a fabulous presentation. So, but with his mother, I said, okay, um, do you, how old are her boys? And she told me, and I said, are they interested in girls or boys or you know? And she goes, no, they seem to be interested in girls, but they're really not interested, you know, right now. And she was remarking that her boys are, you know, they, they sort of keep to themselves. I said, okay. I then shared with her that a friend of mine's son went to a bank with her. They walk into the bank, and the teller says to my friend's son, oh, my God, you have the most gorgeous skin. Well, a woman saying that to a young girl would probably be, Okay, but a woman saying that in a context, and he he was totally skeeved out. He was like, and even my friend, she was like, oh, my God, what is this woman doing? Because to make a comment about a child's body is to cross a boundary, okay? You can say to someone, you look really healthy, that's great. But telling someone they have beautiful skin, that's a really personal statement. So I mentioned this to her, and all of a sudden she went, oh, my God. And I said, what? And she said, 
I just realized what has happened with my son. And I explained to her again that my friend had this conversation about what had happened at the bank with some of her girlfriends. And all of the mothers were like, oh, my God, this woman did not say that. Anyway, so the woman who was on the plane with me, let's call her Barbara, Barbara said, I just realized something. My sons, um, I'd been taking them to the same hairdresser that I go to, who I've gone to for years, and they now have told me that they don't want to go to her anymore. They're, they're not comfortable going there anymore. And she said, I realize now why. And she said, the hairdresser would always tell them how good-looking they were, and they were such attractive young men, and, you know, they are so lucky that they're that good-looking. And I asked her, I said, is your husband really good-looking? She said, very. I said, okay, here's the thing. They're not thinking it's okay that she's saying that. It is creeping them out. And she said, you know, I never even thought of that until you said this. She said, when I get home, I'm going to have to apologize to them because I did not realize how it would be heard from their standpoint. And a little bit of the backstory is her husband was kind of like one of those late bloomers who all of a sudden he became incredibly good-looking over this one summer. So leaves in, you know, June or May or June, and then comes back in September, and he's babe factor. And he had said that, you know, I just I want women to really like me. Remember your 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 thoughts are things, kiddos. So he comes back, and these girls all of a sudden started throwing themselves at him, and he didn't know how to put the boundaries in place. And my friend, whose son who has the beautiful skin. He had the same thing. And I said, you've got to let him know that he can put the boundaries in place because these things were happening to him at school as well where he didn't know how to stop the girls. So the way he stopped the girls, which is also the way this woman's husband did when he was a young boy, young man, was he started to become very disrespectful and very rude to them to keep them away. And what has happened is we have now a culture where girls are told, and with good reason, if you see something you want, go for it. Now, what they haven't been told is this is a better way to go about going for it. So what this woman realized is, and her husband, it took him a long time before he felt comfortable around women because he did not have a skill set to put the boundaries in place to make himself feel secure and make himself feel safe. So you may be around someone that's like that or, you know, a girl who's incredibly cute and pretty, and all of a sudden they're being very much judged by their looks or their something, and we need to be role models for them that people can't just say things. They have to be respectful of them, and they can say, you know, I'm not really comfortable with that comment. So as she said, she got off the plane and she said, I'm going to have this conversation with my husband when I get back because I do not want my boys to go through the same sort of things that he did. I want them to like women. And they do. But she said, I want them to know how to go about saying things. This is Sex 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. six golfers in history have ever shot a hole-in-one while taking part in the Ryder Cup. Of course, the hole-in-one isn't a phenomenon for professional golfers only. Hackers, whiffers, and foozlers get them, while some PGA Tour pros still await their first. According to Golf Digest, who has been tracking info for more than 60 years, the odds of getting a hole-in-one for a professional is 5,000 to 1 and 12,000 to 1 for the rest of us. Tiger Wood shot his first hole-in-one one when he was only six years old and john elway hit a hole in one on his 40th birthday now there's a good reason to frolic gozine or celebrate i figured out why golf instructors insist you keep your head down and look at the ball it's so that you can't see them laughing i'm carolyn davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app too funny for words it's time to uncover the inspired team leader within you Overcome the challenges of hidden agendas and miscommunications that create stress and a lack of productivity. Project management expert Norm Prevost and connection expert Heather Hansen O'Neill will provide you with a consistent infusion of inspiration and team strategies. In addition, your hosts will invite knowledgeable leaders to inject different viewpoints, situations, and solutions for an all-encompassing perspective on achieving winning team performance. Spend one hour each Friday transforming your mindset and increasing your skills. The Inspired Team Leadership Show, your path to innovative ideas and action items you can implement today to create a more productive team and feel amazing in your role. The Inspired Team Leader Show, heard every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on ABRN, the all-business radio network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Uh, my error on not uh getting myself out of there on time for that first segment. Anyway, here is um, another question that I will be asked if I'm, you know, and sometimes I'll just say, if I'm being asked on the plane what I do, I won't lie. I will say that I'm an author, um, but then I can make it sound like fruits and nuts because many people think people in California, we're all fruits and nuts. And so I say, well, it's in the area of relationship because sexuality does tend to be in relationships or if someone's relating to someone if only for 15 minutes. And I will say it's a, I write in the area of uh, personal development and relationships. And then they'll go like this, okay, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about, you know, mood music or whatever it may be. And then I will, send, and I've met some fabulous people on the plane. I met a gentleman who was the former 
medical examiner for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office. I'm seated beside Barry, and he said what he did, and he said, so I'm like the medical examiner. I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, my God, that is so cool. He goes, oh, no, 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 what you do is so cool. (laughs) But what I liked was that he had this job that was all hard science, which I love. Anyway, so one of the questions I'm often asked is, um, how can I tell if my partner is cheating? And, and because I'm often, you know, I, you know, I have women and men as seatmates. It doesn't, you know, wherever you are. But uh, it's often, you know, obviously a man would, would be asking this one more so. Um, and and I, what I asked this one man is, he said, how do I know if my wife's cheating? And I said, do you really think that? And he said, yes. And here's the thing. The reason that people will tell me this stuff and share things like this with me, I'm not a therapist. And by virtue of its structure, therapy is designed to try and find out something's wrong. It is designed to be critical and find an issue. And many times there may not be an issue. There may be something not being said There may be a behavior people don't understand. So what I asked is, what is her behavior? And he said, she's cold and distancing, and she's pushing me away. And I could tell, just by the way he said it, it was painful for this man to say this. But because I was, in essence, a highly trained professional stranger, he would say, he could say this to me. And I said, what I'd really like to ask you is, is she looking for a way to get out of your relationship? And he said, she might. And I said, because what the behaviors are that you are telling me, they're the behaviors of someone who wants someone else to pull the trigger so that they don't have to be the bad guy, you know? They use the passive-aggressive BS behavior that completely isolates someone and to the point where they go like this, that's it, I've had it. And then that person says, I'm, you know, I'm filing or I'm doing something. It's the same way where people will have affairs or they'll do something else and there's a bigger story, there's a bigger unspoken tale going on that's not being talked about. So, I mean, just use it today. If if or is or is not the case, but we often see celebrities in the news and there's someone supposedly fooling around with someone else and someone's doing something over here. And, and what we know is relationships are difficult enough for people when they're outside of the public eye. But when they're in the public, it's even more difficult And that doesn't mean that people don't have their own personality quirks and problems and issues or whatever it may be. They do, but they just end up being played out on a social media stage. So when I asked him, do you think she wants to remain married? And the look on his face told me, and he said, no, I don't think she does. And I said, that must be really painful 
to say. He said, it is. He said, I, I thought that when we went into this that we had everything worked out, but he said, apparently, that, you know, it wasn't. And I said, if you feel this, I said, might I suggest that put, you, putting you back in the driver's seat, I said, can be a very powerful thing. So if you can go and literally address this issue with her and do it in the light of day, this is what I always tell people, do it in the light of day, do it when you're sitting or standing, do not do it when you're lying down in bed, do it so you can see their actual face, okay? Because when you can see their face, you can actually get what the response is. You can see whether or not, yeah, she's doing this behavior because she doesn't think she has any other option. Or maybe she has something else that has happened in her world where she hasn't even told you it might be a health issue that she's concerned about and she does not want to drag you down with it. She may have been diagnosed with something and watched her parents go through a horrendous thing where, you know, the mother was diagnosed with, uh, in an operable situation, and the father ended up being dragged down into caregiver for, you know, five years. So it, it really depends. You need to know what may not have been spoken yet. But by the time we had, our flight was, I think it was a four-hour flight, and by the time, you know, he got off the plane, he didn't look as sad. And, you know, we'd spoken about different scenarios of what he could do. But I said, you do not need to spend the next, you know, I said, do you want to be in this position five years from now? He goes, no. I said, do you want to be in this position a year from now? He said, no. I said, six months? No. How about a month from now? He said, no. I said, don't waste your life. It's precious. If this is not where you are being made happy, don't stay there. And if there's a way that the two of you can do something about it, then address it and move forward. Because many times with relationships when things are difficult, people just pull the plug. They don't think that there's any way that it can be fixed. And many times relationships can be fixed because what people often find out is that the next relationship they went into and the next one after that and the next one after that, they all ended for the same crazy reason. Well, guess who the common denominator is? You. So, what we are is we are energetic beings having a human experience. It's not any more complicated than that. So, what your energy is like vibrationally is what you're going to pull in. If you are an unhappy person, be prepared to have more unhappy around you. If you are a person who really enjoys life and takes big chunks out of it, you're going to have more times where you can take big chunks out of life. If you are with someone who is, you know, a downer, you don't want to be around that. You don't. You want to be able to have someone who is there that supports you. So what I asked him is there weren't any children. Uh, it was a second marriage for both. And what I will tell people is second marriages and third marriages, they often have uh, less stability and less stability than a first or, you know, a first marriage because children are often involved in a first marriage. But what I like people to know is that their world is not about having to only do something because they made a, you know, a pact with God when they, you know, did their 
vows. And I share the example of a girlfriend of mine, Christy Paul, who is a uh, CNN uh, anchor and very, you know, raised in a, you know, uh, a very faith-based family. She was in a marriage where he was verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, and finally she said she hit her knees one day and said, I knew God did not want me to be unhappy. And that was when she ended that relationship. And and she said, you know, I was just constantly being beaten up. I mean, she's a former beauty queen. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's lovely. He had an issue with alcohol, and he also had an issue with the fact that she was becoming a freaking star. And you never know how people are going to react to people's success. Some people just cannot handle it. But what she did is she left she and I had met her when she had just gotten married, and she said, "Is there a way to change things?" I said, "There's not a way to change him. There's a way to change you. You are in charge of you. He's in charge of him. You cannot make him happy. He's the only one who can do that." So she leaves. She moves out. She's the weekend. He's moving out. She goes to visit friends, and wouldn't you know how the universe shows up? That was the weekend that she met her second husband, and he is magnificent. And if she hadn't done that, they wouldn't have gotten married, and they wouldn't have these three beautiful daughters. So don't be thinking that you have to stay with someone just because they're the only person who's there. No, you don't. And do not be thinking no one else is going to want you. The more fun you're having in your life, the more magnetic you are. And that's what I told him. I said, you're a good-looking man. You, you know, you know how to speak with people. I said, you're not going to, you don't have to be alone. But I said, you're more lonely in this marriage, I'll bet, than you are when you're single. He said, you're right. And I said, there's no place in the world that's lonelier than a marriage bed with someone who does not want to be there with you. He, and uh, if I could have sucker punched him, it wouldn't have shocked him more. Now, we're coming up to our third break, and I will be back with more interesting, insightful, and hilarious things people have said to me on planes and in my seminars. And hopefully there will be some of these that will resonate for you or friend or whomever, and they can be helpful little tidbits. Here come the tunes. I'll be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. February is National Chocolate Month. Historians say the Aztecs discovered chocolate 3,100 years ago, and it was revered to the point of worship. The word chocolate comes from the Aztec word chocolatl, which referred to the bitter, spicy drink the Aztecs made from the cacao beans. The first chocolate bar was invented in 1847 by Joseph Fry. 
Did you know that it takes one year for a cacao tree to produce enough pods to make 10 chocolate bars? The scientific name for the tree that chocolate comes from, Theobroma cacao, means food of the gods. Man cannot live by chocolate alone, but we women sure can. Personally, I could give up chocolate, but I'm not a quitter. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Your actions determine your health and fitness for years to come. Act now so you don't have to pay later. You do not want to acquire health problems later on in life because you've made poor choices now. If you are not active and do not exercise on a regular basis, a not-so-optimal life looms in your future. But making good choices now, like exercising daily, eating good, healthy, whole foods, getting regular checkups at the doctor, keeping your weight in check, and living a healthy lifestyle will ensure you life at its best, both now and in the years ahead. That is one of the things that is so appealing about healthy living. You can feel better almost immediately by ascribing to good eating habits and moderate exercise. Not only is your mood elevated, but your energy level intensifies. So make positive changes in your life today. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Again, more of the hilarious things people have asked me uh, in seminars and on planes. And what they find happens, this is curious, that invariably, if someone asks that question in a seminar, someone else has exactly the same question. And it's it just, I don't know if it's, you know, the universe having a little fun. As an example, there were two women that they were at a seminar and they asked, is it possible for a man's penis to change shape? And I was like, I don't know. I, can you tell me what you mean by change shape? I said, it hasn't been any, like, rough sex and it, like, broke. I mean, it doesn't actually break. It's a, it's a tear that occurs, but it does, you know, it can heal and be at an angle. Um, and it's not Peyronie's, which is another thing altogether. And they said, no. It's like, and they showed using their fingers that they had... Um, They said his penis used to be like this shape, sort of like straight. And she said, and then over a period of time, now take your fingers and bend. I'm just using my index and my middle finger and sort of bend your fingers up a little bit so that the nails bend back a little bit. And they said, so it sort of, sort of bend it up a little bit. And I said, really? And I said, how long did, how long have the two of you been together? And they said, oh, you know, a couple of years. We've been married for a year or two and. Then another woman said, oh, my God, the same thing happened with me with my boyfriend. But she said, I don't know whether or not to attribute it to the fact that I have a tilted uterus. And the other woman says, well, so do I. And I'm like, this is, like, how bizarre. And I said, well, you know, I don't know if it's possible, but I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will check out the... um, 
I'll check out with a couple of urologists, and then I'll get back to you. I'll send you an email and let you know what I found out. So what they, what I did is I phoned two different urologists that I know, and the first one I said, Joe, I need to find out, is this possible? And he goes, well, I don't know, Lou. I said, what do you mean you don't know? I said, you've studied this area of a man's anatomy for 20 years. And he said, well, I never see them erect. He said, I just know about the plumbing. I said, Joe, that is the saddest thing I've heard. I said, come on, don't guys ever come to you with issues? He said, no. He said, you know, maybe, but he said, we really don't address that. So I struck out there. Next guy I called, another friend, he said, look, I'll tell you what might be the case, given that it's a, they have a tilted uterus, which means that the entry into the vaginal vault is going to be a little less or like shorter. or it's, it's, it's tilted backwards. But the important thing is, is that that's her internal shape. So what it may be is that during thrusting, the head of the glands of the penis is hitting the back vaginal vault, and that is causing it over a period of time to have micro tears. And then when it heals, it heals with the tissue, sort of, you know, like with, if you're stretching a ligament, if it would heal with it turned up. And he said, don't quote me. I said, well, I won't quote you. I'm just going to quote a urologist. <laughs> and I said, but he said, that is the only thing I can think of. Another time, two women, one woman says, I don't know what's going on, but she said, whenever my boyfriend orgasms, she said, literally, his testicles go up inside of his body. Now, I'm telling you, that's not a good thing, because what that means, and she told me this, and this other woman goes, my old boyfriend used to have that happen. I said, let me tell you something. There is a layer of musculature within the scrotum called the chromaster muscle or cremasteric muscle. And that is the thing that right at the moment of orgasm, it pulls the testes tight up against the man's body. And that's also why for some men they like to cradle the testes during orgasm or have it stretched away because that heightens or prolongs their um, orgasm. But the important thing here is the testes going back up into the body cavity is not a good thing. Because what, has, what happens with little boys is the testes are formed within the actual abdominal cavity, which is why when men and boys get hit in the scrotum or in the testicle, they feel like they're going to throw up because all the innervation and nerves are connected to all the abdominal area. But they descend into the scrotum, and then what happens is there's like a fibrous mesh that seals over so the the vas deferens, um, they still come out of the um, testes and they go in, you know, they, they come up, but that whole thing is basically sealed off. What you need to do in cases like this is go in and likely have a mesh implant so that there isn't an issue with an inguinal hernia. And what can happen is that the actual small loop of the intestine can drop into that part of the scrotum become constricted and then become necrotic or gangrenous, and that's a bad, bad thing, okay? So it's more, that's why men say, you know, they'll go and the doctor will tell them to cough. <laughs> but that's what he's feeling for, is if there's any pressure coming down or there's a looseness or there's a hole in that area, 
and then there could be, you know, uh, a health risk. So the testicles descending, going back up to the body, that needed to be fixed. Now, another person, uh, <laughs> there was a nurse, and I was showing a product that was a sleeve that can be put on a man's penis that has little bumps on it. We're actually fair-sized bumps on it. Very smooth. And what it is done to do is to heighten the sensation for the partner. And finally, and I said, and actually in some uh, Asian cultures, you know, Pacific Asian cultures, men will make incisions on the skin of the penis and insert beads or pearls or something to create these little bumps and lumps on the penis so it's more pleasurable. And this one woman goes, oh, that's so lovely. She said, how considerate of them. Well, this one woman who was a nurse went, oh, my God. I said, what? And she said, now I know what these guys were doing. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I'm an OR nurse. And she said, I would often see Asian men who under anesthesia, she said, we're getting them ready to do, you know, surgery or something. And she said, I would see these bumps all over their penises. And I'm going, it didn't look like they, you know, had a, you know, an infection or anything. But she said, now I know what I was looking at. She said, it never made sense to me before. I was like, well, sure enough. Um, another, and, and in the previous section I talked about when you have these conversations with someone, have it so that you see their face and see their reaction so you really know what is going on with them emotionally. If there's someone who used to always look you in the eye and all of a sudden they won't look you in the eye, take a tip from, you know, homicide detectives. That's, that's someone who's got something to hide. And if they're all of a sudden talking really, really fast when they didn't really talk like that to begin with and all of a sudden they're trying, they're trying to, and if they repeat the question, what do you mean by asking me that? They're trying to stall for time to come up with another option, okay? Um, so here is an example of that with this one individual. He had come, he had claimed that he wanted to get back together with his wife and that he wanted to have the two of them come and do a couple session with me and do, you know, say, you know, I, I'd like to, um, you know, we're, we've been separated, I've, you know, been living apart, and uh, we have, you know, two sons. I think they had two sons. Anyways, I thought, okay, um, no problem. Uh, you can come. And he came in, and this woman, I have to tell you, she had looked so beaten up. And what he proceed, proceeded to share with me beforehand is that he, he and his wife had separated. He had been living with two 21-year-olds. He ran a series of, at the time I think they were called 900-number um, porn lines, and he was making a just a bucket load of money. And... He said, well, you know, I, I want to see if I can, you know, work things out with my wife here. And and something wasn't ringing right for me with this guy. But he's sitting there and he's all, you know, you know, cocked up, you know, sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm uh, really the big guy. And she was sitting there looking beaten up. So then he proceeds to say, well, you know, um, I'd like to do more things with her, but, you know, she doesn't really want to do very many things. And besides, I don't want to go down on her because she smells. Well, if he had slapped her across the face, he couldn't have said something more humiliating or more embarrassing. And I just, it was literally a switch went on for me, and I knew exactly what was going on with this dude. 
and I said to him, okay. Um, I said, you know, and I wanted her to see this. I said, you know something? I'm going to tell you what I, I, if I may have your permission, I'd like to tell you what I'm seeing between the two of you, the dynamic here. He said, okay. And I said, because this is what I wanted her to see. I said, I am looking at a man who is doing everything he possibly can to try and make sure that when he goes in and files for a divorce, he can say he doesn't have to owe her more money than he should because he tried to make the marriage work. You're just using this as an excuse to not have to pay her what you need to. He went the color of snow. And I wanted her to see that because I wanted her to see that he was absolutely lying and using this in a highly manipulative way to try when she genuinely wanted to have this work. He had no intention. Now, another time, so that got taken care of. They went away. Another time I had a couple come in, and she was there. They said they wanted to have, you know, um, a whole bunch of uh, uh, time with me and and show me some uh, toys and things that they had. And I said, okay. And then her phone rings, and it was her phone. I said, okay. Um, she doesn't look at it. She doesn't answer it. Then another time, phone rang again. Then her husband comes back, and she said, oh, it was my husband's lover who wanted to know how we were doing because they knew that we were having this session here, but they wanted to find out if there were any new things that we had found out so that we could take them together and take them back. And I'm like, you know, everyone has their relationship the way that they like. So I'm coming up to the final part of the show. Thank you for being with me. I hope some of these helped you. And if you have any questions, please just contact my website, loupaget.com. Send me an email, and it will be taken care of. Thank you so much, and have a lovely rest of the day. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 